Welcome to the Everyday Innovator Podcast for product managers and innovators. Your host is Chad McAllister, helping product managers become product masters. Listen and get ready to take your career to the next level for the doctor is in. Hi, I'm Chad, and this is where you make your move from product manager to product master. Learning practical knowledge that leads to more influence and confidence so you'll create products that customers love. That's what it's all about, being an everyday innovator. Every day, thinking about how we can make products that customers love. Being a good product manager requires a diverse set of skills. Things like communicating, influencing, design, technology, product process, and of course, business acumen. New product managers and not-so-new product managers have lots of opportunities for mistakes. And when you can, it's certainly better to learn from the mistakes of others than having to make them yourself. And that's why I invited Cole Mercer to join us and discuss common mistakes and how to avoid them. Cole has a very popular course on Udemy for people wanting to get into product management or are brand new to it. He's also creating training on LinkedIn Learning for new product managers. You'll find a summary of our discussion at theeverydayinnovator.com slash 193. Before we get to the discussion, I want to tell you about the fastest growing conference for software product management, and it's coming up soon, October 2nd to the 3rd, 2018, and you still have time to register. It's called Industry, and they have several product experts, many of who you'll know from listening to this podcast already, lined up to share their experience with you at the conference. Everyday innovators can register for the conference for 30% off. Just use the code EverydayInnovator when you register. You'll find details of the conference at industryconference.com. Now to the discussion for avoiding product management mistakes. Cole, welcome to the Everyday Innovator podcast. Thanks. I'm uh, glad to be here finally. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad we could connect. Even though my focus is more on the more experienced product manager, usually uh, I target someone with a year or more experience for what we talk about. A lot of people still listen to this that are wanting to get into product management. And a lot of times I get those emails or, or questions from people about how, how do I do that? How do I make the transition? How do I become a product manager? Mm-hmm. I look, do look for resources for them at times. And that's how mm-hmm. I came across you and connected with you because you have a course out on Udemy called Become a Product Manager, Learn the Skills and Get the Job. Let's start there. Can you give us a quick summary of that course? Well, I'll give you a, a long history shortened. Um, I, I used to... Uh, when I was living in New York, was uh, actually teaching product management part-time at General Assembly while I had a a full-time job. And um, I ended up moving to Berlin uh, to work for SoundCloud. And I really kind of fell in love with teaching while I was um, there teaching at General Assembly. I found it really rewarding. And also, all that product management was extremely uh, kind of popular topic. It was getting really hot and no one... uh, you could Google it though, and you couldn't. There was really no good way to figure out well, like what it was, uh, you know, in a uh, bite-sized level. Like, what do they do day to day? Like, uh, there just wasn't much information. This was kind of when the whole product management writing uh, sort of world was getting started online. It was becoming more popular and medium and all that. So, uh, what I did in Berlin was um, I uh, decided to make an online course and. Um, and, and wanted to make a really, really sort of soup to nuts, substantial course that would be, you know, 12, 13 hours plus um, with activities and quizzes and, and that sort of thing. And then with interviews with other product management folks. And, uh, you know, I called it become a product manager uh, because I had noticed that so many people were trying to get into product management, but 
Um, one weird thing that I found out is um, since then we've had over 43,000 students. Um, it's about the two year mark now. And uh, I see that about probably 50% of the students are people that are maybe not trying to get in product management. They are already product managers or they're, they're junior product managers. Or some of them are even senior product managers. Um, and I get a lot of people from HR that are trying to understand product management mm-hmm. uh, so that they can better recruit product managers. All sorts of people uh, have taken it. And so that's been uh, really interesting uh, from my perspective. So, um, uh, but, you know, it is centered around learning what product management is all the way from the definition of what the role is all the way up to, um, you know, showing a day in the life of product managers, um, you know, how a resume should look, how you would do an interview. Um, if you do an interview for a product management job, mm-hmm. uh, and even then what do you do, uh, once you've got the job, what are the first things you need to do when you're, you're, uh, you know, you're in the office the first six months, you know, it's got such a long ramp up time that role does that some people feel lost. So it is, it is a, a pretty comprehensive course. It even includes uh, interviews with product managers. Um, and we even do some Q and a sessions as well. So, um, so yeah, that, that's all about the course. And, uh, um, I'll be doing a few more courses on Udemy this year, and I've also launched some courses with LinkedIn and uh, Linda with the new LinkedIn learning platform. So there's more depth to come. Yes. Become a Product Manager is a good course on, on Udemy. Uh, I purchased it just so I could screen it and see if it was one I wanted to recommend to others or not, and have since recommended it several times since I've gone through there. Normal price for this is $200, and you're going to give us a special deal for listeners, but let's save that to the end. So I want to get into some other uh, other details with you. Sure. But that is what brought us together. And in that kind of spirit of the new product manager, I thought we could talk about mistakes that new pro- product managers make. And I suspect, just as you're finding people take your training that are more experienced too, that there are some not-so-new product managers that would also find value in this discussion. So let's talk through some of these common mistakes one that I hear about is just misunderstandings over the role of product manager. What yeah. should the product manager really do? Yes. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? There's a couple things here. Like, first of all, I'd say for someone that's brand new to product management, um, let's say they just got a job in product management. Um, you know, you go in and if with other jobs, let's say you're an engineer, you, you could get in there you learn kind of the code base and how, you know, the process works. And then you just start coding and you start mm-hmm. com- contributing like within a week, probably after you've done your orientation and all that with product management, uh, it is a really long ramp up time. So with product management, you're not going to just jump in and be effective on day one or even week one, or sometimes not even month one, you've got to build your say, let, uh, let's call it social capital in the company. You have to gain the respect of, uh, your engineers and other stakeholders. You have to get to know everybody. You have to see what everyone's problems are on all the teams, um, figure out if the process can be improved, et cetera. And only at that point, you know, can you kind of use that capital you've got to uh, start making improvements to the product. And depending on what you were hired to do, that could be, you know, anything from maybe improving conversion or building a new feature entirely or a new product entirely. So that's one interesting thing that people don't understand, especially that are brand new to product management. They get there, 
they're not doing much. They don't feel like they're doing much for the first few months. Um, in reality, that's okay. And that, so that's what I, I try to tell folks in the courses is uh, it takes a while to, <laughs> to become a contributor and very effective. Uh, in that role. So I think a related mistake is product managers that are in a new role, maybe to a company or new to the role, rushing in to try to want to have an impact, like, yes. like you know, taking control of the vision when they don't really have the background of the product. And they're kind of yes. like the bull in the China shop. And I think exactly. building that social capital, as you suggested, is really good wisdom. Right. A tip that listeners have heard me share before is the power of having lunch with someone. And, yes. and if, if you don't know who they are and don't, and don't know what their role is, what they do, that's great, right? Because yes, we need awesome. to understand sales and marketing and engineering and who is in those those different roles. Just right. have lunch. And people love talking about what they do. Just ask them what they do. Exactly. If you're eating lunch alone, you know, you're not doing much. If you can just go and eat lunch with someone from a different department or different team, doesn't matter who it is, and just talk to them about, hey, what is your team doing? What do you do? What's the biggest challenge you're having? You start to get that sort of global perspective from all these folks, and um, you might be able to see uh, some opportunities there where uh, you know you can help them. And not to mention, you're building your social capital so that people are aware of who you are, what you're doing, um, and then are aware of how you might be able to help them, um, how and how they could help you. And uh, it's really fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that that's one one thing I recommend for new product managers. And then, as far as the the, the question of mistakes that new product managers make um, and the perception of the role. I think a lot of folks think that product management is a management position Hmm. where you're managing people. And um, that's a, that's a dangerous misconception in my opinion. And I get tons of folks. uh, This is a reason I made the course, by the way, is tons of folks uh, will email me or at least they used to before I had the course and say, Hey, got, I just got an MBA, you know, and I, I wanted, I don't uh, have uh, design skills or uh, programming skills, engineering, et cetera. But I saw that there's this role called product manager. That's what you do. Um, you know, I learned about management in business school. Can I just, can I get that job, right? And manage engineers and designers. Hmm. And that's the thing. It is not a management position at all. You are not in charge of anybody. And um, of course, some companies may have it that way, and that, but that's the wrong way, in my opinion. Uh, people think that you're the boss and you are, you are literally not the boss of anyone. In fact, you have zero authority. Um, so the, the whole point of the role is that you want, you want to be able to, to, uh, pitch an idea to your team and a designer or an engineer, you want them to feel free to say, I think your idea is bad, or I really, I think it sucks. Like this is not going to work. And they're not going to do something like that unless they feel comfortable uh, with, with doing it. Um, but if you know, if they thought you were, if they, if you were their boss, you know, you're never going to tell your boss their ideas are bad. So that's by design. You uh, you never want to be in a position where you're managing anybody. Um, the only exception here, though, is when you are managing other product managers. And even then, I think that managing other product managers might be even a little different from other roles where you're managing other people um, for multiple reasons, because there you have to let them be very autonomous. Um, it's kind of an art and it's different from other management roles, but 
Um, if you're managing another PM, they're usually on a you know different team and a whole different area, and you, you want to let them be autonomous. So the only person you're managing is um, maybe another product manager, and that's if you're their manager. Otherwise, you're not managing anything except the success of the product, and right. you have no authority. So you've got to use your social capital and, and all the data and everything and talk to your team and you help everyone come to the right conclusion together instead of walking into the room and say, saying, Hey, this is what we're going to do. Right. Um, because that never bodes well. It does not bode well. I guess on one end of the spectrum, you're a communication coordinator, but you also are using whatever influence you can gain through that social capital to help guide people towards the product vision. Yes. And all of this is about creating value for the customer in the end, right? And how, how together exactly. can we do that and maximize the value for the customer? Yes. Okay, Absolutely. great. So those, those are some of the issues around being a new product manager and just what the role's about. We'll get back to the discussion in just a minute. This episode of The Everyday Innovator is brought to you by Product Innovation Educators, your one place for online training to make the move from product manager to product master. When you enroll in one of our online courses, it's like having Chad McAllister as your personal coach. In each course, you get video lessons, added resources, and a private community for collaboration with other product managers and innovators. And, of course, you get direct access to Chad, who will answer your questions and get you heading in the right direction. Past students tell us the concepts, practices, and tools are valuable, but the real benefits they gain are being more confident, increasing their influence in their organization, and generating greater success for themselves and their company. There are four levels of training to become a product master. Find your level now. Get started by going to theeverydayinnovator.com forward slash master. You're one place to become a product master. Theeverydayinnovator.com forward slash master. Don't wait. Get started now. What about mistakes with working with people in the organization? There's there's millions of mistakes I could list, of course, but one of the biggest ones is that, and, and this is not only for product management, this is for, I, I think, leadership in general. Anyone who's in a leader position, a lot of CEOs don't do this correctly, in my opinion. Product managers, if you allow anyone in the company to think that their input is not valid mm-hmm. or that you wouldn't care about their input um, or that the product manager is the, the idea person, uh, you know, that that's what happens a lot is people think, especially, you know, very junior people in, a, let's say, a removed department like customer service or marketing or something. They A lot of people think that we as product managers just kind of sit in a room and say, oh, let's do this next, right? And then, then we do it. And um, that is a huge, huge, huge mistake. And I always take extra steps to make sure uh, that everyone understands that I, I don't care if you are the uh, an intern and the in the you know the youngest least experienced intern on a totally removed team like let's say you know legal or uh, customer service or or whatever and you just have to say to those people if you have input about the product you should you absolutely come to me and I will take that into consideration we will look at that. And I, then I even extend that further and say, if, if you're over, you know, and I was, I was living in Berlin at the time and I used to do these seminars at, at uh, that SoundCloud um, talking about this to 
And one of the things I would say is, you know, there was a kebab shop right around the corner from the SoundCloud office. So I was like, if if you see the the guy at the kebab shop that's making the kebabs and he uses SoundCloud and he he tells you his opinion on something, you know, on the product, you should absolutely take that into consideration and then come tell us and take and we will take that into consideration. I don't care who it is, even the even the janitor. If they have an opinion, mm-hmm. you got to take it into consideration. Product managers are not idea people. Of course, we do come up with ideas, but n- not everything comes from just us imagining things, right? It's, it's coming uh, from from data and user interviews and and feedback. So we need to maximize the amount of feedback we get um, and input we get from from literally everyone. So uh, a lot of folks, you know, they don't they don't follow that, or they they think that. Oh, I have this idea, but I was going to tell the PMs or the, you know, whoever, but, you know, they probably already thought about that, or there's probably a reason we can't do that, or, and that's a, that's a bad way of thinking. And if you're in any product management organization, I think you have to root that out as quickly as possible and make sure everyone understands that everyone's input is totally valid. And you can come up to us and give us any feedback if you want at any time. And that includes, you know, telling me that, you think the latest thing we did is bad or this design sucks or whatever. Uh, we love feedback. That's the whole point of product management. Right. And trying to understand why that is and, right. and getting more insights. There's a story that I assume is true. It was told to me by someone quite credible that about the value of ideas just from anywhere. And this was solving a problem. And it was the original uh, VHS recording device, right? The, that no one has these anymore. So most people don't even know what I'm talking about right now. But we used to stick these big tapes uh, I right? did. I did. <laughs> into I did. VCRs. <laughs> and the problem was to be able to play back, the tape had to be spinning so quickly that, that they could have designed a tape strong enough to withstand the forces involved. And mm-hmm. apparently the, the group of engineers and product team was, was trying to work through solutions. The pizza delivery guy came and dropped off pizza for lunch today. And they just looked at him and said, hey, what do you think about this problem? And... And apparently his response was, well, you're spinning the tape. Can't you spin the recording head too? I'm like, <laughs> oh, and that led them down a new path, right? And Wow. Uh, I had I, no I, idea. <laughs> ideas come crazy. from interesting places and we should not disregard them. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, well, And as you and probably many people listening know, uh, a, a lot of the most successful products out there today, let's say uh, Google, right? They started out a search engine, but they always had... Uh, that that famous thing they do, which is a twenty percent time, mm-hmm. where um, you can work on whatever you want for you know twenty percent of your time at, at Google, and a lot of things that we know today, Google, uh, Gmail and Google Maps, a lot of that stuff just came from these twenty percent time things. And these are people that aren't necessarily PMs or designers; they're maybe people in marketing or, or um, engineer, and they just do a little quick you know hack and show it off, and people are like, "Hey, that's sweet. That's a good idea." Mm-hmm. Yeah. So everyone's input is is totally valid. You'll be better off for it. Absolutely. For working with that organization, what do you think about this problem about product managers getting turned into kind of like a personal job shop where they're just an added resource for marketing one day, for sales one day, for engineering one day, as opposed to doing the role of product manager? Do you mean, um, you, you know, if they're treated as a like an agency, like a development agency where you Basically, just pass on stuff for them to do? Yeah, because I've talked to product managers that they say, I have no idea what I'm going to be doing when I come to work because there's always someone that has something they need me to do. Ah, OK. Well, this is, yeah, unfortunately, is very common. Um, but I found because I've, I've worked several places 
and Todd, of course, and talk to students that are in product management roles and they tell me about their situations at work. Um, and also I do some consulting. So I go into companies. So I get quite a bit of visibility into random, mm-hmm. you know, companies at high volume. And unfortunately, this that that's basically uh, a lot of people think like that, but that's basically a project manager, right? So they are not doing product management correctly. Uh, so the if if uh, you come into work and you, and marketing says, hey, we need to do this, and then the executives say, hey, we need to do this, and maybe the legal team says we need to do this, and you're just getting a list of stuff that you need to go with and pass on to your team to execute. That is. Unfortunately, that's project management, not product management, and so it's just not the uh, it's not how the role you know is supposed to be. Um, so all I can say about that is, um, if you're in a company like that, uh, and and you can see that it will never change, I would leave because you're not really doing product management. Right. Um, and another piece of advice I give in all the courses I teach is. Um, you need to really, really interview them almost more than they interview you when you're trying to get a job. Because uh, through that alone, I my, myself have have uh, talked to companies where I end up finding out through asking questions that the role is not really a product manager role; it's a project manager role. And uh, you have to ask them, okay, so you know what's the backlog look like, and who's uh, putting stuff on the backlog, and how do you decide? Uh, what to do. And oftentimes you'll find out that, Hey, that's just uh, there's an overbearing micromanaging executive, like a CEO that literally just comes in and writes stuff down that he wants done and, or he or she wants done. And um, that's not product management. I've worked in a company like that myself and um, you have to avoid that. So uh, my advice is to either try to change it from within if you can, or leave and, and get proper product management experience elsewhere. And that's autonomy. Um, now, the caveat to that is that there are certainly some times where there's going to be uh, things you have to do that were handed down from the top, you know, that have a deadline. And uh, right. that's unavoidable. So certainly, you know, maybe there's a major launch, you know, uh, of a new version of or a new product in the mm-hmm. company. And you have to have marketing and legal and, and sales and all these people uh, aligned on one date. And, you know, you'd basically just have to do that and put it as top, top priority. Um, that's happened right. to me and a lot of other people, but that's okay. Every now and then there's some things like that that are unavoidable. For instance, if a new law gets passed, right. And uh, yeah, or, or the all important customer has a feature they say they can't live without. And the CEO says, okay, we'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> Like I've seen Elon Musk do that a few times on his Twitter, you know, <laughs> right. he's just like, Oh, we'll do that. Okay. We'll do it by next week. Uh, <laughs> there are some things that happen like that and that's okay every now and then, but in general, you shouldn't just be getting handed tasks. In fact, that that's the role of the PM is to all these people are throwing and uh, tasks at them and are asking for this and this and this. And you as a product manager, your job is to say no, basically, right. or take it, put it on a list and uh, understand why that needs to be done. And, is it important or not? Is there another way that we could solve this? Um, but that's why we're often known as the no people. So, mm-hmm. you know, everyone comes to you, hey, can you do this? Nope. You know, you don't let them ask the engineers. You don't let them ask the designers. You're sort of the gatekeeper there. Um, uh, so you got to say no a lot. It is a, a tool which helps a lot. And I've helped others uh, use this is just kind of being the keepers of the vision, right? 
Because a product yes. manager should have a clear vision for the product. Yes. And if you're new in the role or new to the company, you you're you won't have that, right? And you'd be foolish to try to try to own it yet. But you over time figure out who in the organization has whatever elements of vision there are now, and you get close to the customers and you start start driving this better. And often organizations they don't have a good grasp of the vision themselves. Right. It seems to be when a new product manager shows up, there is pockets of misunderstanding about what where the product is really going, and you yes. need to get clarity around that. And if you can provide the clarity, then just providing the clarity will help you be seen as the vision holder. Yes, and get you kind of out of that project management role some too. Yes, absolutely. And that also ties into getting insights from customers. And I wanted to ask you about that, which was what are the mistakes about getting information from customers? I would say, of course, there's plenty, but I would say like the, the thing that comes into my head immediately is that there are so many people out there working in a product management role. Uh, and I was guilty of this, you know, myself some years ago that, that will rely on things that let's say the sales people tell them or that marketing tells them, or that like maybe the customer service team tells them. Uh, maybe on data from surveys, um, all sorts of other things they rely on their basically their uh, decisions on what to build next or what to um, try to um, optimize or improve. And I, I think I'm not sure who the who the product manager was that that uh, said it first, but the old adage of getting out of the building is the biggest thing you can do as a product manager. Right. And I, and I mean, I think it's probably the number one most important thing and getting out of the building just means talking to customers directly. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't necessarily mean you have to physically leave the building, but it means you as a product manager need to be chatting one-on-one with users as much as possible. And, and uh, I've seen so many situations where uh, product managers have, have, you know, literally never talked to a, a customer in like a year because they just get surveys back from the audience research team or uh, they get um, data from the customer service team that says they got 15 uh, requests to do, you know, feature X and 12 requests to do feature Y. Um, that's all fine and good. It's added data, but nothing beats just going and physically talking to that person uh, and, and there's a few ways to do that. Um, I, I think one awesome way to do it is to, uh, especially when you're a new product manager, go volunteer to help the customer service team, hmm. uh, for probably four hours a day for several weeks, uh, or, you know, as much as you can, but so that you are actually seeing what the customer is saying and that you could even, let's say an email comes in and says, Hey, we'd like to have feature X. Uh, what a customer service team would typically do is because they've got a ton of work ahead of them is they're going to write down, uh, okay, that's one request for feature X, but you as a product manager, you can say, Hey, uh, I appreciate the the request. Uh, I'm a product manager here. I'm just wondering why you would want that feature Mm -hmm. and you know, how would you use it? And uh, you're just getting so much more information. Um, So Another one, by the way, that uh, if you're working in an organization with salespeople, like a business-to-business company that sells big, big uh, price but low-volume stuff, so a lot of times salespeople will come back from big trips and they'll say, hey, this client's going to give us a million dollars if we do X, Y, Z. 
And that's fine and good. But what happens is that salespeople, they're focusing on selling. And uh, when they come back with that list of things the client was talking about, the potential client was talking about, it's it's just very two-dimensional. It's just literally what the client said. Mm-hmm. But uh, what I found super useful when I was working at a company with salespeople is I went on trips with the salespeople. And I would just sit in the back of the room very quietly and listen to exactly what those potential clients were saying. And sometimes they'd be like, oh, hey, I've, I've got a question for you. You know, Why would you want that feature? Or um, is this other feature not working for you correctly? Or you can kind of ask them back and forth mm-hmm. questions. You ask why enough times, whether it be with a potential, with a, with a potential client or with uh, someone using your product or, or anyone for that matter, you're going to get way closer to the heart of uh, the problem. Yeah, exactly. Solution that's going to fix it all, uh, you know, that otherwise would have been very dis- disjointed. So the mistake is to not operate like that. The mistake is to rely on surveys and everything else. And and by the way, that includes relying on uh, user studies or user uh, experience studies, or even because uh, everyone or a lot of people do that, right? Where they'll, mm-hmm. they'll have users come into the office and test the new app and talk to them. But that's maybe six people. If you're at a big company, you're maybe doing that six to 10 people a week. Um, and that's still not enough people to talk to. And then that's a totally different environment. And uh, so just talking to a few people a week and a user research uh, situation is not enough. You've got to get out there. You got to email folks that have emailed uh, the, you or the customer service team. My favorite way to do it is to go on Twitter, find people that are tweeting about your product, and say, "Hey, you know, I work at such and such a company. Um, what could we do better?" Right. Uh, I'm start that engaging them. Yeah. Engaging it. Yeah. It doesn't product. matter if it's in person, but you just gotta just talk to them personally. Right. Is the thing you're going to get way way more value than a hundred thousand uh, uh, surveys. Those personal you. interactions is what product managers need. Yeah. Exactly. Um, that was Steve Blank, who was Eric Reese's mentor that gave us the adage or the wisdom of, you know, get out of the building and have yes. actual customer engagements and do that. So yeah. lots of good information on mistakes. Cole, we could keep talking about this. I know for quite a while. Uh, I appreciate what you shared there. As listeners know, I love a good innovation quote and wanted to ask you for one and why you chose that one. Well, I'm not sure if it can count uh, as an innovation quote. I, actually, I think it can be applied to innovation. It's one of my mm-hmm. my favorite quotes of all time for you know business and everything in life. And that's uh, attributed to Mark Twain. And it's whenever you find yourself on the side of the majority, it's time to pause and reflect. Um that's true for basically everything in life, I, I believe, but uh, definitely uh, it, uh, it, it works for product management, I guess, because the nature of a product manager is to be uh, skeptical, basically, of everything mm-hmm. that they're presented with. You know, people want A, B, and C features. Well, uh, you don't just build A, B, and C features. You take a step back and maybe you find feature D that actually solves for all those problems and is is better to build. Right. Uh, so you have to be skeptical of literally everything. Do your own research, you know, and take a step back. And that that's uh, that's super valuable. It's a great quote. And if it's a really good idea, likely the majority won't like it until you prove it out to be a really good idea. So, it, so yes, exactly. Th- thanks for sharing that quote with us. No problem. And how can listeners find out about the work you're doing? Find out about the courses you have and uh, connect with you if they want to. 
Well, um, I have a course on Udemy, so uh, and that's U D E M Y. So Udemy.com, and you can just search uh, Cole Mercer, or you can search uh, become a product manager, uh-huh. or you can Google it that as well. Um, uh, probably the best way to get in touch with me would be on my Twitter, which is uh, at Cole Mercer. Um, and of course you can just go to my website as well, which is colemercer.com. And there I'm pretty much barely updating what I'm doing. Um, a few ways to contact me, um, and you know, links to the courses I'm making. And uh, of course I've got some other courses on LinkedIn learning slash lynda.com, um, which, uh, you can, uh, search LinkedIn Learning or Linda for Cole Mercer, and you'll see uh, I've done a few courses with them, and I'm doing some more uh, this year, as well as two two more Udemy courses. So, um, you know, if you want to get in touch, shoot me a, a DM on Twitter, which I leave open, by the way. You don't even have to follow me, or I don't even have to follow you. Uh, you can just met, send me a message. I get tons of messages because uh, I like talking to people. Excellent. And I will put all those links in the show notes. And you provided a special offer to listeners for your course on Udemy, become a product manager. Tell us how to participate in that. Sure. Um, so, so uh, when you find the course uh, on Udemy, which is, uh, or if you link to it from uh, my website, it's uh-huh. uh, um, called "Become a Product Manager: Learn the Skills and Get the Job." I'm going to give a coupon here, which is going to be uh, "TEI Podcast," all one word. And um, what that's going to do is just make the price ten bucks. Uh, now it's worth mentioning that, you know, the original price is 200 bucks, but Udemy is a platform that has a lot of sales. And if you're new to Udemy, I think you get your first course for 10 bucks anyways. Um, but, uh, you know, if, uh, if you find yourself in a situation where there's no discounts going on right now on Udemy and, uh, it's giving you the full price, just type in that code and you'll get it for, uh, you know, guaranteed 10 bucks, which is as low as they let us uh, set it. So <laughs> that's great. Thanks for providing that code to listeners. Okay. For anyone listening that wants to get into product management or kind of brush up on skills, it's a good course to check out. And I'll put the links in the show notes for that. And I enjoyed going through that course myself. Cole, I appreciate your time. Thanks for talking with us. I hope the other courses you're doing also work out well for you. And I'm looking forward to following you and seeing what you do there and for sharing the information. And again, I'll put all the links in the show notes for people to be able to follow up with you and contact you. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Chad. It was it was great being on and it was good meeting you. Thanks again for listening to The Everyday Innovator. This is where you make your move from product manager to product master, gaining the influence and confidence you need to create products customers love. So Everyday Innovators are about creating products that customers love. Find the summary of our discussion with Cole at theeverydayinnovator.com slash 193. You'll also find a link there to the Industry Conference. That's industryconference.com. Use the code EverydayInnovator to receive 30% off your registration for the fastest growing software product management conference. Keep innovating. Thank you for listening to the Everyday Innovator, which teaches product managers to become product masters. For more resources, please visit our blog at theeverydayinnovator.com.